I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough. You know, but when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. All right. Welcome back to Cats Got Our Tongues. I'm Claire Partain, the sports editor, and I'm with the birthday boy, Colton McWilliams. Yay. He's back. <laughs> and he's here to talk about realignment, something he's been talking about a little bit with me recently. So UConn switched conferences in football Tell me what's going on there, Colton. Okay, so for those who don't know, over the weekend, UConn decided like they were moving all their Olympic sports from the American Athletic to the Big East Conference. And and the best way to give a back back history, the Big East Conference was primarily like a big a giant basketball conference, like most with like the North and Eastern mm-hmm. schools, like your Georgetowns, Villanovas, UConn, Syracuse, Pittsburgh. And so they were always a part of this conference. Well, during the 90s, they, the Big East started sponsoring football. And that's when you see, like, a lot of the kind of the old school, like, old independents, like your Syracuse, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and a bunch of them. Short stories, like, keeping this short story short, uh, the, all the basketball schools broke off from the original, like, football conference. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you saw the inclusion of, like, Central Florida, Houston, SMU, and all these schools to form, like, a new conference called the American Athletic. And so UConn, UConn basketball was always going to be the biggest thing because it's always going to be big. And, and a lot of people just hated, like, oh, we have to play, like, Tulane in Tulsa, like, which are, like, mm-hmm. thousands of miles away <laughs> when you can just go play, like – Oh, I forgot who it's like Georgetown or like Villanova who are like right across the street. So UConn officially decided they are moving the moving to the Big East Conference. Their football team is kind of up in the air. Like a lot of people think they're just going to be like an independent team. Okay. But that has opened like a giant can of warm, worms for like the rest of the conference, which is how Texas State is going to come in. Right. Okay. So the cool thing about realignment is like when one team leaves a conference, it affects all 130 FBS teams, which is really weird, but it it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like you have a lot a lot of Conference USA and Sun Belt schools and even MAC schools who are basically vying to be like that 12th team in the American Athletic Conference. So what do you think about Texas State's shot of being that team? It, it, it's a really um it's probably like a 5% chance. Not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. The reason I don't think See, I think Texas State can be like a prime candidate to be in the, in the American Athletic Conference. Like I said we are in San Marcos, we're in the Austin San Antonio market mm-hmm. and we're able to get and like I said we have a lot of students coming here like it's Become like one of the bigger like universities. It's here going in really Texas. fast yes. for sure. But like I said, it's just like our athletic programs are just not up to par when mm-hmm. you compare it to like you know Houston. Houston's got a really good football team and they've got a really good basketball team. And I think the basketball team made it to like the Sweet Sixteen or like the Elite Eight last season. Oh yeah. And then you got you know your Central Floridas, and who else? It's like 
Houston, Central Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, and Temple. Like, mm-hmm. they have, like, really good programs. And like I said, Texas State's, like, we're just not there yet to compete mm-hmm. with, like, the Houstons and the Memphises and the Central Florida. Right. It's just taking a second for us to catch up, it seems yeah, like. It, 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 if they're going, if Texas State's going to make the jump to the American Athletic Conference, like, our athletic teams need time to start competing in the Sun Belt Conference. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we have started becoming one of the top teams pretty much yeah, all around all our sports yeah, in the Sun Belt. Yeah, we're just now beginning to right. be like a team that starts competing in the Sun Belt Conference. Mm-hmm. It's just like we need more. It, this, yeah. This university needs more time to let this let all these athletic programs like start growing before we can make a jump to the bigger conference. Well, and I don't know about you, Colton, but I like seeing us win a little bit before we yes. start jumping to a bigger conference. Like, like we need to start winning yeah. before everyone starts off. So, like, mm. oh, Texas State's a great candidate. Like, yeah. no. Maybe give us a little bit of time. Yeah, everyone needs to, like, calm down. Like, mm-hmm. look, the American Athletic Conference, I think it's a really good conference. Like, geography-wise, it's a little bit, like, wonky just because you got – Teams in like in Texas, and then you got teams in Florida, and then you got a team in like Pennsylvania and the Carolinas. Yeah, so it's northeastern. Yeah, it's going a weird, on. it's a weird geographic like mixture. Mm-hmm. As we're like in the Sun Belt, like it's primarily just the southern teams. Like yeah. you got your teams from Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, mm-hmm. in Alabama, Georgia, Florida. It's got to be hot. Yeah, wherever it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, who do you think is a top candidate to move on to the American Athletic? It's a weird. It, you've got like a lot of potential teams. Like, I think my favorite to join the American Athletic is probably going to be like the Army Black Knights. Okay. Because like they've they've like their football program has been on the rise for the past couple of years. Like they won like eleven games last season, which was like a really high mark mm-hmm. for them. And like I said, Army is going to be paired with Navy. Like, that's always, like, a really big rivalry game. Right. And like I said, I don't think Army's head coach is going to be, like, leaving anytime soon. Like, Army's always going to run the triple option. Like, that's been their M.O., and that's the same with Navy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always going to be their M.O. And I, I said there's not a lot of Power 5 conferences looking for triple option, like, coaches. Like, Jeff Munkin's going to stay at Army for a really long time. And that's why I think it's going to be like a prime can- – Army is probably going to be the prime candidate mm-hmm. to join as like a football-only team. Like I've heard like a couple of other teams. Like I've heard like Buff- the University of Buffalo was a really good team. I've also heard like BYU, but like it- mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of BYU being in the American Athletic just because like what a lot of people don't get like ge- geographic. That's so far yeah, away. Yeah, ge- like geography, like it's still a thing. Like, yeah, you're ne- like you're never gonna see like a San Diego State join like American Athletic because like it's such a far distance mm-hmm. to go from like California all the way to like you know Florida to like it's just feasibly it's feasibly like impossible to have like all your athletic teams constantly going across the 
stage. Well, yeah, and it takes a toll on, like, the athletes yeah, for one. Yeah, it does. And also for fans. I mean, we were talking about a couple weeks ago how uh, geography makes rivalries yes, happen it does. and stuff like that. So. And that's why, that's part of the reason why UConn left the American Athletic mm-hmm. was because of geography. Pretty because, far like, away. These, like, they, talking about these basketball fans don't want to see them playing, like, a Tulane. Yeah. They want to see them playing, like, a Villanova mm-hmm. or, like, a Georgetown mm-hmm. or, like, a Providence. Like, all these, like, Northeastern, like, schools. Right. And so, like, geography, no matter what people think, is always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, going on, so if some of those teams, those are all in Conference USA, right? Mm-hmm. So if some of those teams, one of them moves over to... And see, so that's the thing that then that's when it starts people, affecting... Yeah. So, like, if even, like, another team that thinks about, that a lot of people have been mentioning is, like, the University of, like, UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, if that happens, and then basically Conference USA is going to look at the sum of, like, okay, what team are we going to pick uh-huh. from... And so there could be a possibility, like, Texas State could go to Conference USA. Okay, you could see that happening? Yeah, I could definitely see, like, basically replace UAB and then just put Texas State Texas in its State place. In and then, like I said, we would be reunited with, like, all the Texas schools mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it's, like I said, it's just really interesting to see how realignment affects one, how yeah. one team's move affects another team. Affects every single other team, huh? But to be honest, I really think, like, Texas State needs to stay in the Sun Belt. I just think the Sun Belt, belt is, like, the better conference to be in. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had to rank, like, the top group of five, like, conferences, it would be, like, the MAC would be last, Conference USA would be fourth, the Sun Belt would be third, and then it would be probably a tie between like the Mountain West and the American Athletic for one and two. Oh, really? Like okay. that's kind of like mm-hmm. they're just they're kind of interchangeable. Like, mm-hmm. the, the way the two pro like the two conferences are, but I think the Sun Belt is like one of the better G- group of five like conferences to be in mm-hmm. because I think it's it is so much more stable than it is in the Conference USA. It has been for years mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's been nice. And like I said, Conference USA has struggled just because like. They don't have like a certain like identity because like you got a bunch of southern schools, but you also got teams in like Carolina and like West Virginia mm-hmm. and like in Virginia. Like geography sometimes it doesn't match up the best. Yeah. But in the sun, but like it's all like you've got Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana kind of grouped together. Yeah. And then you got Alabama, Georgia, and you got the Carolina schools mm-hmm. like kind of grouped together. It just kind of fits more geography. Yeah, and it's more... all the South basically. Yeah, and there's there's also like more rivalry. Like there's more natural rival mm-hmm. rivals in the Sun Belt than you'll see in Conference USA. Like yeah, Conference USA will have like the Texas schools, but they've always like been playing each other. Yeah. Like I said, North Texas and UTSA is kind of they've kind of forged like their own little rivalry mm-hmm. just because they've been competitive in football forever. But in the Sun Belt, like I said, you got the Louisiana schools are always going to be big rivals. Right. And then even in, like, basketball, like, in non-football, Little Rock and Arkansas State's mm-hmm. always been, like, a big rivalry. And then we've got U- uh, UTA and yeah, Texas, Texas State, State and over UTA. here. Big rivals, yes. right, Colton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about this like, a lot. UTA, UTA and Texas State is a rivalry. Yes. Don't let, no like, doubt about it. football <laughs> distract you from the fact, like, yeah. this is a, the Maverick-Bobcat rivalry mm-hmm. is a real thing. Just go to any of the basketball yes. games and you'll see it. But, like I said, there is, like, a lot more, like, I guess, cohesion between, like, all the schools mm-hmm. that you'll see in Conference USA. Like I said, Conference USA is just, like, a mixture of, like, a bunch of 
It's kind of mismatched. It is kind of mismatched. Like, if you follow, like, the history of realignment, basically all the Conference USA basically is, like, kind of like what the Sun Belt used to be. Like, if I remember correctly, like, North Texas, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, and Florida International, they're all former Sun Belt teams. Okay. And, like, in the Sun Belt... As you look at realignment history, it's all basically a mismatch of like basically FB like F, all the teams from like FCS, which is like Southland Conference, you know, mm-hmm. St. Houston State yeah. and Stephen F- SFA, is a mixture of like teams who are basically bumped up to play in the FBS level. Like I said, Texas State was one of them, mm-hmm. Appalachian State and Georgia Southern was one of them, uh, South Alabama and Georgia State recently promoted their. Football. They were non-football schools and basically promoted football. Now they're starting at the, in play, playing at an FBS level. Mm-hmm. And then Coastal Carolina started their football program and also moved all their programs up to the Sun Belt. So if you look at the Sun Belt history, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, and Arkansas State and Troy are like the only like teams who've been in the FBS for a while. But yet because of like geog- geography and like because like these rival, like these natural rivalries are mm-hmm. forming. It's becoming like much a much better conference than you see in Conference USA. So, like, would you be happy if Texas State was to move to Conference USA, or would you rather them stick around here? Like, I would really be indif. Like, if they moved in Conference USA, I will really wouldn't be against it because mm-hmm. now we you would have like a, like the UTSA rivalry would really You'd have a chance to have really, that build and stuff. Yeah, it would, like I said, being conference rivals mm-hmm. just adds a little bit something more, right? Than being non like, it's cool to have like a non like. Non-conference rival- rivalries work because, like, look at the SEC and the ACC with, like, Clemson, South Carolina, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Louisville, uh, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, I think Clemson, South Carolina. Like I said, those rivalries work, but when but when it's in a conference and, like, you're – and when, like, the conference, like, West t- football title is on the line, mm-hmm. like, it just adds so much more. When you're fighting for something. Yes. Yeah. And then, like I said, we would also reenact – reignite like an old rivalry with like North Texas like people don't realize this but like we've played North Texas like 37 times really yeah it's it's kind of like a little tidbit like no Mm -hmm. one really knows yeah because it's been a while now it's been a while since we've ever played North Texas but like I said you would basically reignite like all these Texas rivalries, mm-hmm. which I honestly wouldn't mind it. I do be- like Texas rivalries. Yeah, Texas yeah. rivalries are, like, the best because, like, there's so many, like, Texas schools that really hate each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I so said, <laughs> just look at a and, like, used to look at a in Texas. Yeah. And then, I guess, Tech and TCU, TCU, Baylor, then Houston, like, Rise. Like, it's all a mixture yeah. of, like, all these. Nobody really likes each other. No, no one really likes <laughs> each other. Like, everyone wants to beat each other, which yeah. is, like, awesome. No, it's great. It's perfect for us. But if we stayed in the Sun Belt Conference, like, I honestly would be, I guess, much happier if we stayed in the Sun Belt yeah. just because I just believe it is the better conference. I think be. we need a couple years to build before we go anywhere, personally. Yeah, like I said, it is. Like, we just need a couple years to mm-hmm. build. Like I said, we've, we do have the facilities. Like We do for sure, like, yeah. Our football stadium is, like, one of the better stadiums mm-hmm. to go to. And then Strahan Coliseum, like, is no joke. Like, it... I remember going to Strahan, and I was like, holy shit. It's huge. It's and awesome. Yeah, it's big. It's beautiful. And yeah. they redid it and everything. Yes. Yeah. It's a good and then place our to go. baseball and softball stadiums mm-hmm. were like, those up are to nice par. too. Yeah. yeah. 
So, like, our facilities are, like, up to date. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, we haven't had time to let our programs, like, grow. It just feels, it almost feels like we're young programs. Yeah, even we're, though we're, we're not we've been around, around, but, you yeah, know what I mean? we've been around the block for a while. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, we're, we're just now getting to the level of, like, kind of an FBS level yeah. to finally compete. Exactly. At the higher level, mm -hmm. so. Well, thanks for coming on on your birthday, Colton. I know, it's... <laughs> it, uh, everyone if you see him around you better say happy birthday or else um but yeah thanks for coming on again uh, thank you yeah see you later all right so now we've got a newbie in the house we've got one of my writers Cade andrews up in here what's going on everyone he's here to talk about the the men uh the men's soccer team they're in the gold cup right now so what exactly happened uh yesterday so, yeah, they're in the Gold Cup right now. Uh, last night, they beat Panama and Kansas City 1-0 from a 66-minute goal from Josie Altador. So, they're moving on to the next round. You know, they beat Guyana 4-0 goal from Paul Ariola in the 20th minute. Uh, Terrence Boy with a goal in the 51st and 81st minute. And Giossi Zardes in the 55th minute. Uh, a few days ago, they beat Trinidad and Tobago 6-0. Um, this is coming back after Trinidad and Tobago eliminated us from the World Cup a few years ago. Or last year uh we got a goal from two goals from aaron long in the 31st and 90th minute jossie's artist in the 66 and 69 minute pulisic in the 73rd minute who is the fan favorite he's the 20 year old from hershey pennsylvania Ooh. and paul Ariola in the 78th minute so they beat guiana four nothing they beat trinidad six nothing they beat panama one zero they're taking on curacao uh sunday june 30th at 7 p.m so i don't want to come for the men's team at all but this sounds really impressive and i'm not used to that so is this mean that our team's doing better lately, or what's going on here? Well, they've definitely, you know, brought them on a couple of young guys. You know, last year was a disappointment. As I said, they lost to Trinidad and Tobago, uh, which eliminated them from World Cup uh, contention, which mm -hmm. I believe is the first time in about 40 years or so. Yeah, it's really depressing. And so they've, you know, they responded well. You know, three complete shutouts, new coach Greg Berhalter, um, as I said, they got Christian Pulisic, who's currently transitioning from Borussia Dortmund in Germany to playing in Chelsea in the Premier League. So they're starting to have a couple new guys alongside veteran Michael Bradley, who's been to two World Cups, DeAndre Yellen and Paul Areola. So uh, for people who don't really know about the Gold Cup, who exactly are they playing? Is this like a Caribbean, North American thing, or what kind of uh, stakes are in the Gold Cup? It's like a Caribbean, North America. You know, you got Puerto Rico um haiti dominican republic you got all those countries and so all those islands you know canada mexico um the teams that are left are canada mexico haiti jamaica panama u.s and curacao so okay. eight teams left so quarterfinals coming up then. yep quarterfinals nice. coming up and then who'd you say they were playing they're playing Curacao, which Curacao. I'm not really sure where that country is. Yeah. But I guess we'll find out. I kind of didn't days. know much about that at all. Like, never even heard the name. Interesting. And while we also have the Gold Cup going on, we can't, you know, obviously the most important thing is the Women's World Cup. Oh, yeah. Women's World Cup. So as y'all know, hopefully, uh, we just beat Spain, which was our biggest contender. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, that's the one we were most worried about, so that was pretty awesome. It was a 2-1. Um, Spain just kept hitting us. It got 18 fouls in the game, Kate. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we had four. You know, we were keeping it clean, right? You know, And we still won out in the end. It was a penalty kick. Uh, 
ending. Both teams scored in the first 10 minutes or so, and then it was just pretty quiet for the rest of the game until overtime. And finally we got that last goal in. So next we're playing France. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Kate, but the World Cup is in France right now. So they're a home team. It's a little scary going on right now. But uh, pretty exciting. As y'all know, they're kind of the favorite. They beat out Thailand 13-0, beat out Chile, kind of blew them out. So it's been a pretty good World Cup so far, I would say. Um, But hopefully they keep on coming. I love the attention they're getting. Finally, a women's team that's really getting that press. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. Check out, uh, France playing tomorrow and then check out the gold cup playing Curacao, Curacao. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Cade. See you later. I appreciate it. All right. So now I've got Andrew Zimmel up in here. Uh, as you know, he's the VP of podcasting, the Texas state (laughs) sports press. mm -hmm. Uh, but he's also kind of among other things, our women's basketball expert. He wrote this big article about it earlier this semester or last semester. Um, and so recently we heard that our star Tasha Levitt moved on to Germany for next year. It's crazy. A lot of she's gonna have to learn a lot of German. Yeah. Which she tweeted today, we're recording this on Thursday. She tweeted today that it's crazy to think of yourself as a professional athlete. And I mm-hmm. said, well, you know, if the NCAA paid these players, they would be professional athletes. <laughs> But that's for another day. No, I'm really proud of Tosh. You know, I've gotten to cover her since I was a freshman uh, here at Texas State. So I got to watch her game grow. Watch her grow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. two years ago, she was probably the second or third best player on the Sun Belt. This year, Mm -hmm. she was top five. So it was like she she had a great season Mm -hmm. this year, one of the best shooters in women's basketball history. So nothing but success for our, for our Bobcats. And we have a history of professional women's basketball players, right? Yeah, we have one. The one that comes to mind is uh, Joyce Urquina who was a Nigerian-American, and she ended up being on the Nigerian women's national team, and she was one of the few women, I think there's like four of them, 12, no, 12 women in uh, Harlem Globetrotters history. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she is That's a... Yeah, when you talk about professional athletes, mm-hmm. she was a real... You know, set the, she set the stage for Texas State women athlete, or female athletes. And, uh, you know, we had a couple other ones. Guys play semi-pro, mm-hmm. you know, play around. There's an Austin League... That's kind of it's not the WNBA, but it's kind of like an amateur league. Oh, I haven't even heard about that. Yeah, really. we've had a couple of Texas State women's players play in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's gone defunct. I just haven't heard about it in uh-huh. a while. But I know that we've had a history of play, sending players there. So no, Tosh is good. She's doing good. Taylor Deer, same kind of story. She went. I think she went and played semi pro somewhere. So a lot of good, a lot of good stuff coming out of Texas State. Well, what do you think about uh, European leagues in general? What is it? What's it like? What's the so, level of play there? So, like, clearly the you know WNBA, the NBA are the two mm-hmm. premier leagues, right? But especially on the women's side, is it's not that far of a drop off. You uh-huh. get you get better pay in a lot of places. Really, lot better conditioning, better fans. Fans like to. I'm telling you, when she goes to Germany and she plays in that kind of Eastern European, Central Europe circuit that she's going to play in, I don't remember the name of the league off the top of my head. But when she plays in this league, I guarantee you that she's going to have more fans than she had here mm-hmm. at Texas State. Like, and that's kind of sad. That is kind of sad. But it's going to. She's going to have a great time. She's going to be one of the best rookies to probably come in. So I would not. It would not shock me if five, six years from now we start hearing her name to talk about the WNBA. WNBA. There's a lot of things that she needs to get better at. Mm-hmm. You know, she's really small. You know, got to kind of really get better at that. Well, yeah, you got a smaller frame. Yeah, I think it's been hard. Uh, Texas has a really good nutrition program, Mm -hmm. and she's never really been able to put on a lot of weight. Yeah, 
that's kind of tough when you look at some of the WNBA players that they're a little bit uh, a little bit stronger. Yeah. And you know, we'll see what happens for her. Yeah, well, she'll definitely. I mean, in Eastern Europe and everything, isn't basketball basically the sport all of a sudden? Yeah, a lot of the time. Well, it's because it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an indoor sport. Yeah. So you do get the you do get a lot of fans coming to these games. So it's soccer and basketball. Those are the two international sports now. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, like it. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about it, Zimmel. Of course, Claire. Anytime. Yeah. Talk to you later. All right, so now uh, after a brief hiatus, we've got Sean and Chondo back with his uh, weekly segment. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's going on? So uh, today uh, we're talking about SMU, is that correct? Yes. Uh, so this will be um, one of the first uh, – well, not really the first. It, uh, this will be the game in Dallas. They'll be playing at SMU. Um be at it will be at six o'clock this is one of the few games because they don't have all the games um the times announced you know how college football is they right go go by like a weekly basis but like in the beginning of the season they'll announce like the first three games so this is one of this is the last one they had the uh the time announced but this game is uh i i this is gonna be a tough one right to say the least uh uh so They'll be facing uh, Sonny Dykes in his second year. He uh, he's the head coach at SMU. Uh, last year SMU finished at five and eight. Uh, this is gonna be a, a a hard offense to kind of uh, to play against. He Sonny Dykes is one of those air raid guys. Mm-hmm. Very high tempo. Um, they do have a lot of rotating starters, but they do have uh, um, they have they have some good players coming in. Uh, Shane Bouchelle, in particular, the um, the um, he he just transferred from UT. I've seen probably every college game he's ever played in, so like he he's good. He's going to be a hard guy to play against, mm-hmm. and I think he fits in the system. He's a he's a pure passer. Um, also, the it, this team has a really good defense. That, that's that's another thing they they got to watch out for. They got like a, a rising star um, at at coach. Let me kind of pull this up. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. All right. Uh, yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, like I think that's that's probably be the the strongest part of this team. Um, their defensive coordinator is named uh, Kevin Kane. He was at Northern Illinois, and um, he he's being talked about a lot about being the next big time like head coaching hire, like in the near future. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of like a name to look out for. Uh, when he was with uh, Northern Illinois, uh, their defense improved by 65 spots. They oh, went wow. from ninety. They went from 91st to the 26th in 2017. That's a huge um, jump. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes to SMU, and he he improved them by 34 spots. Oh, wow. So are you saying so, this is a pretty well-rounded team? Because you talked kind of about their offense being good and also their defense being their strength. Yeah, and um, – yeah, so kind of like his mo, uh, Sonny Dyke. Yeah, he's a he's more of a he's an offensive guy. Right. But last year they were they were kind of like hit or miss. Like you know how it is with a first year coach. Yeah. Um, they last year they had quarterback uh, Ben Hicks, but he he transferred to Arkansas to go with his old coach Chad Morris at Arkansas. So, um, Bouchel, uh I don't know how how well he's going to know this offense. I think that uh, it, it's going to be tough because I, I think most of this team is going to be playing. 
um, in the second year under this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Bouchelle played in, in a high temple offense when he first came in. Um, not the same. It's not. It's not an air raid, um, but it's it's more it's more suited for him. Like he's more of a passer, so it's it's going to be um, it's going to be tough because they are really well rounded. They they could be. I, I think they could be one of the one of the better like mid major schools, like one of the better G five schools uh, and, football teams in, in a country. Oh, in the country. Okay. So, do you think this is going to be more like? Um... Kind of like the A and M game, or more like the Wyoming game, where we have more of a chance. Uh, I say right in the middle. Right in the middle. I it, yeah, I say right in the middle. Uh, like I was saying in the in the last couple of weeks, like we're facing these teams uh, really early in the season, mm-hmm. so they're they're not no there's not going to be a team that's like really humming yet, or you would hope they would not. But a team like SMU. How good their defense is that that's gonna really help them out in this game. They're playing at home. Yeah. Um, they're also uh, they're they're more battle tested than Texas State, and like we've been saying these last few weeks, we don't really know who Texas State is. Mm-hmm. But I I'm more focused on on who they're playing just because we can't really gauge how good Texas State's gonna be. Yes. We, Since we're up in the air, it's cool to see some of the other teams and see what we would stack up against. Oh yeah, 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 and uh, um, some of the players. I, I wanted to break down some of the players to watch and some of the units. Okay. So, so the offensive line that will be the first unit I kind of want to talk about because they're returning. Uh, they're returning a lot of experience. They did lose a few starters, but they are returning the twelve-year. I mean, not twelve-year, twelve-game starter uh, Hayden Howerton at, at center, and then Allen Ali. Ali uh, who was like one star, one of their, at one point he was one of their star recruits. And then they're adding uh, Juco transfer, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe with a C. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they so they have a, 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 a big Juco transfer on the offensive line. So that's always going to help. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some, some experience on the offensive line. Um, and another, another person I want to talk about is uh, Xavier Jones. Uh, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, he was a thousand-yard rusher, and last year he his numbers went down. He was like a five-yard uh, per carry guy, and then he went he went down to like in the low fours. But um, I would look for him to like kind of try to get back on track to who he was with that offensive line really helping him out. And if he's not, um, if he if he can't get back to the old form, they do have. Uh, they could go by like a running back by committee. They have a few three-star uh, running back recruits. They got Tamaric Williams, T.J. McDaniel, and uh, Ulysses uh, Bentley the fourth. So they that could be something to look for is their running back. Okay. And, and then of course you got Shane Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, the proven he's a proven starter at UT. He's a uh, uh, they ended up going with Ellinger, but before that like. A lot of a lot of the fans at, at UT really wanted him to be the starter because he's a better pure passer than Ellinger. He he had the experience. He's a little older. His dad's a coach, so like he well, his dad's a baseball coach. But either way, <laughs> he he he's been playing in the system. He's really good. So um, kind of that that's going to be an, another player to watch. Another out one to look out for. And I saw that we haven't yeah. played um, SMU in over a decade, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, 
they've only played twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I I don't have the records of. I I think it, I think they might have split. I for some reason I did not write this down. I know last I the know last they time they lost to them. So maybe the time before they split. Because in two thousand eight we that's, we lost to SMU. Yeah, that that's crazy that they've only played each other. Right. <laughs> two Texas teams. Yeah. Yeah, and they're not even that far away. That's yeah. Like, what, three hours. Yeah, three like hours three and a half away. hours maybe something like that. Yeah, and SMU is, like, I don't know. It used to be a big time uh, program. Oh, for they, sure. They had, uh, <laughs> they had, they have Heisman players. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did have that that old death penalty to the program. But well, yeah, <laughs> that was a little bit of a <laughs> downer. But yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see though. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, like a tough early schedule for mm-hmm. Texas State. It'll be a challenge. Um, so like what what I'm what I'm thinking is they're gonna start off this season probably one and two, um, like young. It's gonna it's gonna be a big test for these young coaches because mm-hmm. this is I I think this is probably gonna be their besides Texas A and M this could be their hardest game of the year. Oh really? Be, yeah. It, it's, but the good thing is it's not a Sun Belt game. <laughs> right. This one's gonna be tough, and of course like you have App State. Even Troy, even though Troy's going to have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about that later on. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> that. Yeah, but um, I like – so. all right, so did you want to talk about next week's game or, or you, uh, did you want to talk a little more about this game? Um, so we can talk about uh, – just let us know who's next week's game and maybe like a quick rundown of what you think, and then we can talk about it more next week. Okay. So, uh, so next week we had Georgia State. Uh, I'll say right now, uh, Georgia State. It, this this might be the most important game of the season because you start off the season one and two, mm-hmm. and uh, if if you go out and beat uh, Georgia State, the next game on on, on the schedule is Nickel State. Um, you should beat Nickel State, even that's that's an old uh, old rivalry from back in the day. Yeah, but it's a winnable game. So you win that, you win go. Golden State, Georgia State, <laughs> and you beat Nickel State. You're you're sitting at three and two, and we'd have a winning record for the first time. A, yeah, in a long <laughs> time. time. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and then you're only so you're three and two. Yeah, and you you you're looking good. You're only three games away from being bowl eligible. So this mm-hmm. will this will really be be good. Uh, you really want to get into those those six games. You get into a bowl game would be just huge for this team. Oh, it'd be so awesome. Get more practice. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans, the fans are going to be more engaged. They're, they're going to have something to look forward to. Finally, some something positive to the yeah. football team. All right. I, I, well, I just think the the school, the the whole this whole area would kind of. I think they'll lose their mind. For oh a bit. yeah, we'd actually like have a lot of fan turnout for once. It'd be awesome. But yeah, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. a little bit about Georgia State next week, Sean. Um, yep. But be, yeah. Yeah, it'll be next week. Um, yeah. All Sorry right. About last week, I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened last week. Yeah, <laughs> I it's, think we all kind of just lost track. Kind of lost the ball well, a little me. bit, but it's okay. You know, we still got we got plenty of weeks in summer left to talk about these games. So yeah, I'll see you then. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Uh, Once again, this is Claire Partain, the sports editor. 
Uh, thanks for listening.